This week, our special guest is one of Australia's most loved TV personalities, who's won the hearts of millions of viewers with his sharp wit, infectious humour and love of food. However, there's more to him than just his on-screen persona, as he's also established an impressive name for himself within the hospitality industry. So sit back and listen to the entertaining and insightful story of the one and only Jadna Matala. And we're live on a podcast with Judd. Thank you for taking the time to, to travel all the way here to be on this podcast with us. Thank you, Sana. I've been quite excited to come and share my story and have a chat with you. Maybe we'll unlock some stories here today. It's been, a ple- it's been an honor to be able to sit here on this beautiful, fluffy. Nice. Isn't, aren't they comfy? Yeah, it's Do you comfy, like that? Yeah, it kind of feels luxe, eh? Nice. <laughs> I love it's got, it. It's got a nice feeling to it. I love these. But yeah. anyways, let's, let's jump in. Um, Tell me, what was your childhood like growing up? What was Little Jad like? Uh, little Jad was de- define what little is like from how old. Like, if you're not, I still feel I'm little to be honest. But <laughs> uh, Little Jad was quite, I think, very smart at a young age. Always super intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, loved to obviously study and 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 whatnot. But you know, heaps active, um, super curious. I think I started becoming a little bit of trouble maybe when I was like nine or ten. Love that. Um, and obviously throughout like I think high school I was I was pretty much I wouldn't say bad news. I was I was very <laughs> cheeky. I was very witty. I was charming. I always got myself into trouble, uh, but I always also got myself out of trouble. That's the key. Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> you know, it's so I can always talk myself in and out of every situation, Love which that. I you know. Uh, Quite, I learned it quite like at a young age, which was funny. Yeah. Um, so for me, I also had a very, very, very good childhood. I was pretty blessed. Uh, my parents came here when I was three and a half, four years old, grew up in Punchbowl. So I, I used to live in Punchbowl when I was a oh, kid as well. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So you know all about the of area. Course. Love it. You can't beat it. Grew yeah. up, you know, around the beautiful community. Yeah. You know, went to church um, two streets away. I went to the same school as well where I did go to church. That was mm. nice. Oh, I had great neighbours, good family, friends that, you know, lived around. A lot of great, you know, um, places where you can eat. Yeah. Um, what else can I say? I think, um, yeah, we just, we came here, you know, as obviously son of an immigrant. So kind of growing up in, in Punchbowl, I would say I uh, was very colourful. Mm. You know, I grew up in an era... Um, where things were pretty, uh, I wouldn't say fun, but I would say quite uh, interesting. You know, mm. there was it was an era where there was, uh, you know, a lot of hate on the Lebanese community. Mm. There was it was an era where um, there was a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, so I kind of had to grow up very very quick especially being the eldest, um, especially only having like just maybe two cousins here as well, three yeah. cousins, um, the rest were overseas. But I was very privileged, I had a good childhood. Our parents gave me and my brother and sister everything. You know, we didn't miss out on anything. Um, yeah. They didn't make us feel like we were ever missing out on anything from regards to, you know, if we wanted to eat anywhere or travel or whatnot. Mm. Our parents, uh, my parents really supported us and gave us everything, especially when it came to education or sports or investing in, in us. So I'm super grateful. That's beautiful. I mm. think, yeah, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that um, immigrant story. And I can only imagine it must have been really hard for your parents to like leave their home and come here and start afresh 
what did they do for work if you don't mind me asking yeah so um dad was in construction mm. um dad and dad and mum got together they got married um they actually lived in saudi arabia for a little bit because that's where dad worked oh nice but, um even though i'm from lebanon yeah. I am. I was actually born in Saudi Arabia. Fun, oh, funny enough. Really? Yeah, I don't think many people know that. Um, and I got. I came here when I was three and a half, four years old. And Dad had to kind of start his life all over again. Mm. Uh, he was super, you know, super um, successful in Saudi Arabia and Lebanon. But with the turn of the, the turn of the economy and whatnot, he lost a lot of money, mm. uh, which has happened recently in Lebanon now with regarding the economy and the money. Mm. Same thing happened back then. So we had to start life all over again. They came here, I think, in 88 or 89. Um, he had to work three jobs at wow. a car wash, uh, at a restaurant and, you know, doing concreting. Yeah. Mum had, mum was only, I think, 21 when she was, when she got here. Yeah. No fam, uh, just one uncle, two uncles, uh, no, no one else. She had, she, mum had no immediate family or family here. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she had to kind of raise my sister was born here two years later in 1990 so my mum had to raise three kids pretty much on her own while supporting my father in his business and you know my you know in his work mm. um it actually took us nine years to get our citizenship really yeah we were um not gonna get it we kept fighting and an uh, interesting story was um i think after five or six years of us trying yeah um I remember my parents said, look, we have to leave the country. Uh, we've been told to leave. We've only got three months um, to stay. No way. Yeah, and they put the house for sale. I remember the signboard, massive signboard, wooden signboard saying for sale at the front of the house. And I was, you know, I remember crying and I remember like saying, no, I don't want to leave. This is our house. Look, this is our home. Yeah. And my parents are like, it is what it is. We've tried whatever we can do to stay. And yeah. it's unfortunate, but we have to go. Yeah. Um, the house never sold. Don't know why. Just mm -hmm. never sold. Obviously, you know, it was a sign from God uh, that we're meant to be in this country. And yeah, obviously had different plans different for us. Plans. And my parents took that as a sign. And they said, okay, we're going to try some, some something different. We're going to invest more time and more money and just maybe see another lawyer or do something else to try and stay in the country. Um, and yeah, long behold, we made a few changes and then, yeah, we um, got accepted and we became citizens. That's insane. Yeah, it's to crazy. Think, like imagine if your house had sold and you would have been on a different path altogether. That's Yeah, we would have been back in Lebanon or who knows, or what where i would have yeah. been or what i would have been doing but we were definitely um on the way out that's crazy yeah oh my it's gosh. wild no. life life takes you, you yeah know, in, in places that you'd never think of yeah and you just got to sort of roll with it hey absolutely yeah. that's why you when things happen in life and you get all these signs or these moments mm -hmm. you need to kind of reflect on them and say okay what can i do to be able to act on this sign mm. because, you know, it is a sign, you know, and how can I use this as an opportunity uh, to, to pursue what I want or what I love or to go further in life. Yeah. So you got to always, you know, look out for the signs in life and they don't have to always be big signs. You know, you can always see like little signs or tells. And um, I think that also comes from being intuitive as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm. And you were, you were quite young when that happened. Hey, you said... 
I think I was like seven. Yeah. Yeah, maybe seven. And how was school like for you? Was like primary school and high school. So I went to the same primary school and high school all the way through. Was it like a K to 12? K to 12, all Lebanese, Christian school, Catholic school, Maronite Catholic, St. Charbel's in Punchbowl represent. I know that, yeah. You know that. So um, for me, like I was very, like I didn't like studying. I found it difficult to study, but I was super intelligent. Like I could memorize everything within right. a day all i needed was right. a couple of days to memorize things but i found it difficult to study i kind of didn't enjoy studying to be quite honest mm. i felt like school coming back and reflecting on it and talking to other people mm. was almost like you know that movie high school high like we ran a mark we had fun yeah um again you know we grew up in a school where everyone was Lebanese. Mm. I think we had one person that was half Lebanese and we thought he was like alien, like an alien, <laughs> like he was alienated. Like, wow, have you seen a guy that's half Lebanese? Like, that's really? cra- yeah, it was, everyone was Lebanese. Yeah. We all came from the same kind of cut from the same cloth kind yeah. of thing. So it, it was fun. Um, it was wild. It was kind of also, I would say, it was it, it good in a way where it kind of kept us grounded. Mm. We weren't very exposed to as many things as we would have been or I would have been, you know, if I had gone to a different school, different school yeah. uh, which was kind of good because I was wild as it is and I didn't need any other excuse or any more reasons to kind of break free more than what I was already doing. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that, yeah. you know, it was, a, it, was very, it was a lot more contained. Yeah um but yeah you know it was was fun we learned a lot Uh, obviously you know the biggest thing was we learned arabic we learned about you know faith Mm. which is quite you know um strong and something's important to me as well um so there was a lot of good good things that came out of the school as well awesome teachers and and made a lot of friends for life as well that's good yeah any favorite subjects um i'm trying to think Legal studies, I was good at. Really? I was good at legal studies. I, I like legal studies. Yeah, I was good at business studies. Um, funny enough, I did advanced English. I don't know how <laughs> I did advanced English. Um, what else? I think that's it. Business studies, legal studies, advanced English. I was, I was well, that's good interesting because you're like now a businessman. You're a restaurateur. Like, yeah. I feel like that played quite nicely for you um i was always just very uh, modern history i was okay in yeah um i I felt like business has always been something i've been interested in since i was a little kid without me knowing and that's been Mm. because of i've been a product of my surroundings yeah like Um, your parents parents spent a lot of time with my father Mm. i think just being around my father um so kind of maybe five, ten years ago, I was reflecting a lot, saying, okay, why am I the way I am? Mm. Or how am I this person? And I started reflecting because, to be honest, I didn't really get much formal education mm. after, you know, after school. I did, you know, attempt to go to uni a couple of times and I did TAFE. Mm. And that's a whole different story about TAFE. We'll get into that maybe later. But um, I, tried to, I started reflecting to, you know, why am I the person I am today? Yeah. And it's definitely a product of, you know, your surroundings and your upbringing and who you are is it from a kid to at least 17, 18 years old. Mm. And not saying that you can't always evolve and change. 
And I learned that because I was around my father a lot and he used to take me with him after school to go and quote jobs because, you know, he's a concrete, a form worker in construction. Yeah. I um, learned the art of selling and, and um, marketing and, and, and being persuasive, right, through him by listening to him how he, yeah. when he would go and meet with clients or potential clients and try and sell them his service. Mm. And then I learned how he used to upsell and build relationships and how he was charming and breaking the ice and building rapport um, almost immediately. Yeah. So I kind of learned that from him very, very early on, yeah. very quickly, and he's very witty himself. Um, so I also, you know, learned to kind of be, I also kind of learned to um, be very persistent through him as well. You know, there was always yes, it was never no. Mm. It was always yes, you can do this. Yes, we can do this. Never, there's, there's never an excuse. It was right. always, you know, and, I, and then I carried on to say, you know, don't give me an excuse, find me a solution. Mm. Um, I like that. Yeah, like, you know, when people say, oh, I said, I don't believe in excuses, just find me a solution. Yeah. Never an excuse, find me a solution. So I was kind of conditioned mm. um, in a way yeah. to, to become the person I have become today, today, which is super persistent yeah. and kind of like never give up attitude, yeah. I think. I think those are very important qualities to have in, in general in life. You, you never know um, sort of like when life knocks you down even, like you need to have that determination, that persistence to sort of achieve your dreams. And I think, like I, I'm assuming, was your dad sort of like your role model growing up? Both mum and dad. Yeah. Mum obviously had a massive part of my life. Yeah. Uh, mum was, you know, mum's the rock. She's like the, you know, super faithful, mm-hmm. super like stay strong. That's good. Things are going to be good. Yeah. She's extremely intuitive. Uh, she's smart. She's a, a hustler too. Mm-hmm. She'll never, you know, take no for an, for an answer. She'll yeah. always find a way. So kind of just growing her up in, in that environment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, absorbed a lot from... On both of them. That's good. That's really um, good. Yeah. So then take me to, so you've graduated high school. You said you attempted uni and TAFE. Yeah. How was that journey like? Uh, so obviously I left high school yeah. and uh, a lot of people in the Lebanese community would know or in other communities, you know, you traditionally or you kind I don't know if it's a tradition but mm. it felt like that mm. at the time you do what your dad does ah, right and yeah. I said okay I'll pursue especially being the eldest yeah I said okay I'll pursue a career in construction really yeah um so I went to uni to study civil engineering really yeah it lasted probably seven months yeah that's all right did okay <laughs> wasn't really for me and then i left and then i actually ended up studying construction at tafe but i went to four or five different tafes why because i got kicked out of a few <laughs> um yeah just not yeah, yeah just whatever i just yeah. got kicked out of a few and just kept i think i went to hornsby ultimo <laughs> granville well, i tried them all and minto <laughs> And Minto. Yes. It's not really far. It's like almost near Liverpool. <laughs> um, so I went oh pretty God. much all over Sydney. All over Sydney, yeah. For, for TAFEs. Um, so I did that. Mm. While I was doing that, I was working with my father 
uh, while I was studying, I was working with my father in construction mm-hmm. in the conquering form working game in particular. And um, we really grew the business to another level. Um, obviously, you know, I was a massive help to yeah. him at the time and we started to really grow the business exponentially like quite fast. But at the time as well, um, I started, I stumbled across becoming a promoter mm. for nightclubs. Oh. So I was studying construction, working in it, but then I started to become a promoter. Wow, what an interesting yeah, mix. It was crazy because yeah. I also did a few under 18 parties back in the day as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so I stumbled across uh, promotions. I mm-hmm. met this guy. He's like, yeah, I run clubs. I'm like, what do you mean you run clubs? He's like, yeah, I run my own events. Mm-hmm. Do you want to become a promoter? I said, well, what does that do? He goes, you just got to hand out flyers and get people to this club. And I'm like, okay, sounds cool. I'll give you $3 a person. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. It's good that's money good. as a kid. Yeah. You know, I think it was 18, 19 at the time. Yeah. So I started to do that. I was really good at it. And I went up to him, I think, after three months. I said, look, um, I'm going to start running my own events. Uh. he's like you've just started i'm like yeah but i think i can do my own so linked up with a few people Mm -hmm. um you know linked up with a guy we and funny enough we ended up meeting again a few years later and he ended up you know becoming a prominent figure in in the nightlife industry and i did as well in particular we're in king's cross Uh, but yeah we did our first big event together we got 1200 people Wow. And I'm talking like back then, there was no Facebook, there was yeah. no Instagram. I don't even think there was MySpace. So if yeah. you want to hear a real fucking hustle, I printed 50,000 flyers. I, myself and probably four or five other people gave them out outside of every university, mm. bars, nightclubs, inside nightclubs. You know, I'm talking like outside the Eastern, you know, in Bondi no Junction, outside all the clubs in the city. Parramatta, I think we even went outside churches. Like, we didn't leave a place no that we didn't hand out these flyers. Every, you know, every main street in the city, Oxford Street, King's Cross, all the back streets of the city, Pitt Street, King Street, all the streets had a, had a flyer on them. Right, I think we ended up doing, actually, we, we did a rerun as well. Oh, my God. Um, created the event, came up with the name, got all the DJs, and that's how we used to promote events. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was all through flyer fly and word of mouth fly word of mouth because yeah. there was no social media yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know that's how i learned the real art of hustling you know try give out flies and get knocked back mm. and keep doing it again mm. and doing it again and try give out flies in the freezing cold in winter or the stinking hot in summer and you give it to someone and they throw it on the floor yeah and you still keep on going and doing it that's where i learned the art of like hustle and persist and you know being persistent mm. anyways we've got 1200 people to this event it was super successful and then from then i carried on i went did i create created funk entertainment so that's where jad funk comes yeah. from and i took on all the a lot of nightclubs in the city and then i started taking on clubs in king's cross and i had you know i think 18 or 20 promoters working for me at the time and just kept growing and putting on really really good events all across all the venues and wow. it just kept growing and it was just a big thing yeah it was it was really fun it was an interesting um stage of my life to be quite honest i grew up very quick that's insane mm. to think you went from like studying construction studying civil engineering to become a an events promoter yes and then so how did you fall into food so in 2010 or 11 i kind of started noticing a little i'm very good at kind of um, picking trends or noticing um, patterns or habits before they 
actually come. So I had that's again very int- uh, intuitive. intuitive yeah. I, I kind of felt like okay, the cross has another year in it mm. before it starts to die out. This was 2010, 2011. Um, it has it's got another one or two golden years. Mm. So I said, okay, what am I going to do? I need to do something. I can't you know live the rest of my life in in a nightclub or mm. in construction or whatnot. Um, so I was seeing a girl all the time, and she said, you need to go to uni mm. and 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 study. And you know you're very good at marketing. You should study marketing. I said that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then I no and no disrespect to anyone that's studying or anyone that's on this particular salary. But for me, it was more like a slap in the face because mm. I, I was 24 or 25 at the time. I looked at the average sa- average salary of a marketing, um, post-grad marketing person, yep. like post-grad marketing salary, yeah. and it was $55,000. And mm. I said to myself, fuck, am I going to actually study come out studying at 28, 29 and earn $55,000. And I said, well, if that's what it is, and then it is what it is because Mm. I used to make a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I went New New South Wales, Parramatta, Sydney, whatever it's called, Western Sydney, Union, Parramatta. Yeah. And I think I've said this before. I didn't really last. I was the rich kid at uni. I was paying everyone to do my assignments i was you know <laughs> were not, you actually yeah, yeah i was paying people to do my assignments um i just i was just there were subjects that i was you know acing them without even being there um yeah just kind of knowing what i'd learned from my own marketing mm. skills that mm. i've implemented just from my own knowledge over the four or five years in running these events yeah. and i kind of implemented them in a more formal education and it worked well for me. But, yeah, I wasn't interested. But anyways, one day I drove past this location in Burwood and I happened to know the owner of the location. Mm. It was a big building. And I contacted him and I said, look, uh, we'd spoken a couple of years ago. Do you remember the conversation regarding putting a little cafe in the foyer of this building? He goes, yeah, go have a look, go speak to my dad. I said, okay, I'm at uni. When I finish uni, I'll go past and speak to your father. I went past, had a chat with him, was sitting down like this around the table. Yeah. Uh, kind of struck a deal, negotiated a really good deal, not knowing that I was going there to negotiate a deal. Literally, the plan was a square box in a, in a foyer. It had no seating. It was 10 square metres. Wow. It was like a tiny little kiosk. Oh, wow. Um, I signed the heads of agreement. Yep. I remember coming back, telling my mother and father, I'm opening a cafe. They all looked at me thinking, what's our son been smoking or what's, what's he doing? Uh, they looked at me funny and they're like, what do you mean you're opening a cafe? Are you being for real? I'm like, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do it or what I'm going to do, but I'll work it out. Don't stress. And from that moment, I never went back to uni. Yeah. Never told them I was leaving. I just completely ghosted uni. <laughs> I uh, never worked in construction ever again from that day, ever again. Wow. I took six months off. I had a whole bunch of money already saved up. Mm-hmm. And I just hustled. I went to every little cafe in Sydney, spoke to all the owners, you know, read a lot about coffee, you know, watched a lot of YouTube uh, clips about coffee because I never used to drink coffee back then, to be honest. I really didn't know much about it. 
And you bought a cafe. I started it. I didn't buy it. Oh, I started, started it from scratch. I did the branding. I did oh the God. logo. I did the interior design. I um, came up with the concept. Wow. I came up with what we're going to serve. And I started this place called Jad's Place. And we happened to be extremely successful. Had it for nine years. But wow. again, it's because I was able to kind of pick what was missing from the area, mm. bring it, implement it, focus on quality, focus on service and focus on marketing the business but also marketing the business within the business. Mm. You know, so, you know, everything was super playful. The names for the sandwiches were very attractive. Mm. The way everything looked, the visual merchandising was super attractive and that comes from, you know, just me being very, um, my attention to detail was quite high and I think I'm actually a perfectionist, which is not a good thing you know, in sometimes, but I am. So we just started out. Mum helped me a lot at the start. I mean, mm. We grew up from one staff, two staff, three staff to four staff. And we ended up getting seating, which was quite good. We, had, I think, had 18 seats, yeah. which, was, which was cool. So, yeah, grew that. Had it for nine years, sold it. In the meantime, I invested in a whole bunch of other stuff. But, you know, I also then started a cafe in Burwood Park called The Picnic. Yes. Um, not too sure if you've ever been or you heard about it. Yep, definitely have. That in itself was crazy. That I was, was say, yeah. That was like, it's one of a, one of a kind yeah. kind of cafes that will go down in the history books for its time. Mm. Uh, the branding, the concept, yeah. the name location the offering it's something that people in sydney hadn't kind of seen before mm. and the funny thing is people were always blown away or blown away with it mm. but i always looked at it as like nah it could be better or it's just normal wow. it, it's super strange like i'm very content for everything i've got and had yeah but i don't think i don't think it's not good enough i just consider it as like it's normal. I don't know. I've got this weird concept of like, <laughs> nah, we could we could keep pushing and keep pushing. Kind keep of improving. Keep improving, yeah. keep being better. There's always growth. In, always in growth, yeah. yeah. Um, I never really get starstruck by things that I put my name to or create. I do things because I love doing it. You know, I, lo so I do things because I love doing it. I don't do it for the status or I don't do it for the recognition. I do it because I genuinely love doing what I do. Mm. And that's marketing, creating concepts, growing businesses, making people happy, yeah. leaving an everlasting impression. Yeah. Um, you know, that's who I am. It's because I do it because I love doing it and I'm passionate about that. No, that's awesome. And to think you went from Jad's place, which was your little kiosk that you grew. Correct. You went and then the picnic, that, that must have been a large operation to, to run. It was a massive jump yeah. from three staff to 25. That's crazy. Overnight. Oh, my God. From 18 seats to 90 or 100 seats. Yeah. Um, whereas Jad's Place was 95% takeaway. Mm. And then the picnic was 95% dining. Dining. <laughs> so completely different. Yeah. But again, never really worked for anyone in hospitality. I did 10 days for free before I opened Jad's place from six to six. Yeah. Just doing anything and everything I could. I went yeah. up to a, a cafe here in Para and I said, I just want to work. I'll do whatever you want. I'm opening a cafe in a month. I just need to actually just see how things are. 
Wow. So that's the only that's the only time I ever worked. I wouldn't even say I worked because I never got paid for it, but yeah. I worked <laughs> um, for someone yeah. at a, in hospitality, which oh was quite God. interesting. Yeah, and then yeah, the picnic was a massive jump. That yeah. Oh my god! Learned a lot along the way. Yeah, you must have. Of course, you know, yeah. to keep a business relevant for five years, it doesn't only require running the business. It requires, you know, keeping the business sustainable and afloat. Mm. But it also requires you growing the business too. Of course, yeah. You know, when people, the thing is with people when they open up businesses or when they start a business, want to start a business. Mm. There's one thing getting to the point of being able to start a business. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, cool. I reckon I can be able to start a business. I've got an idea. Great. You get to the point of like starting the business, which is an excellent achievement itself. You started a business. Mm. But then not only that, now you've got to maintain it. Yeah. Scale or grow the business. Yeah. And then make sure it's profitable. Yeah. And then you also got to keep, make sure that it's relevant and it keeps growing or it keeps, you know, doing what it does. Yeah. Um, so... There's many journeys of business, business, there's many journeys of business. business yeah. Um, so it's not just about opening something, it's about being able to maintain it and grow it. Yeah. It's like a child, it's like a plant. Yeah. It literally is. It's like a relationship. <laughs> not that I'm the best at them, but it's... <laughs> we can get into that later. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. No, so then you went from picnic and now you've got your new baby, Misk. Right here in Para. Yes, represent Para. You're actually a stone throw away. Yeah. And apparently you went there no, today. No, I highly recommend. If anyone, you need to go to MISC. Highly recommend. Apparently you went there today. I did. I've been there now three times. Wow. Okay. I love it. Wow. Like, honestly, I'm not paid to say this. <laughs> Appreciate that. That <laughs> no, means a lot good. to me. That's. Um, and I can see everything's very like thought out, like from your branding to your menu and everything. Like I can see a lot of thought has gone into it. A lot of thought. Were you like across absolutely everything with this? Um, yeah, I would say I was across every single little detail from the interior design to the build to the branding to the marketing mm. to the menu to the cocktail list to the uniforms. Oh God. Everything. Of course, I yeah. had to be involved in it. Yeah. But, you know, not taking credit away from the people that actually brought the vision to life. Of course. And, you know, um, allowed MISC to be born. You know, I have to give huge credit to my team and all the suppliers and people that helped um, bring MISC to life. You know, without them, the venue would not be a venue. It would just be an idea or a thought in my head. Yeah. um, Which I'm super grateful for. Yeah. And will continue to be grateful for. How did you come up with the idea of MISC? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I won the tender. Yeah. For the location in 2017. Mm. Long story short, uh, I decided this needs to be a restaurant. It needs to be a really well thought out restaurant, which can bring a great vibe, good food, good drinks, good wine list, a really good approach uh, to, you know, hospitality, which we're used to in the city or the eastern suburbs Mm. or overseas, but haven't really seen much of it in the West. And I thought, why? The West deserves to eat good food, to drink great drinks, to be served, you know, with a smile, to be able to listen to good music and have that kind of vibe and ambient. Yeah. And for me, I was like, I'm going to be able to, I want to be able to bring that. Yeah. To Parramatta. So against the grain, against all odds, we said we're not going to really 
treat this as just the cafe where it was before. Seven years ago, it was a burnt down location and yeah. there was a cafe before. We're going to rebirth this with a new venue and a new approach. And we did. And it's lucky it paid off. It was a huge risk. I sold a lot of my assets. Really? Yeah, I went all in, sold a lot of my assets, uh, invested a lot of my time, mm. effort. Obviously, it didn't work for two years because I'd sold the picnic, then COVID hit. Yeah, right. So, and then so I had two years of pretty much not knowing where my life was going to take me, if right. Parramatta was going to open, if it was still on the cards, had no income. So I pretty much went all in and put my balls on the line and mm. sold whatever I needed to sell to, to go in on this project. Um, and so far, it's, it's looking like it's going to pay off. So I'm, I'm quite lucky. It's good. Yeah. Wait, so you had like planned to do this during COVID? Like COVID had hit and you... Yeah, so COVID had hit and I took the opportunity to take, you know, I think from 2020, end of 2020, uh, when COVID hit? 20. Beginning, 20, 20, 20, beginning of 2020. Yeah, so I sold the picnic end of 2020. So after right. the first hit of COVID. And then once I sold that, I sold it with the intention because I got a good offer and I knew that I wanted to put my focus into MISC. Well, at the time, it wasn't called MISC, but I knew I wanted to put it into Parramatta, the mm. project. Mm. So then I took some time off and just started working on it. Did my own personal journey in terms of my health and stuff, whatnot, and whatnot, and just started working on it in the background. And I feel like truly the time we opened MISC was the best time it couldn't have been the most perfect time to open yeah any earlier or any sooner even though i won the tender from 2017 2022 mm. is when i opened what's that five yeah, years that's, yeah and the lesson from that is life is all about timing mm. you know i won the tender in 2017 and i opened in 2022 and i don't feel like if i'd opened that a day earlier mm. it would have been what it is right now because all the stars aligned, you know, the, the right people started to come into my life, you know, the right ideas, the right concept. I was in a better headspace, you know, energetically everything started to align a lot better as well. Mm. And you can just feel it. You get that feeling when you know, okay, this is the right time to do something. So there might be times out there where you're like upset mm. or, you know, um, disappointed that something is not lining up or working out for you. Just maybe understand it's not the right time. Mm. And when it is the right time, you'll feel it. You'll be able to feel that it's the right time. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm now curious. So I know like it's still your new baby, but do you have any future plans of like any other yeah. places you might open up? Or? Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at, you know, potentially opening up something else in the park. Hopefully that the you same, know that like pull, same place. Hopefully that pulls through. Uh, we're looking at another restaurant, potential restaurant in, in Parramatta. Mm -hmm. It's more of a bar kind of vibe, mm. which will be fun. Yeah. Something fun, you know, like easy to eat, still yeah. very good quality food, but somewhere where you can go and kind of have a um, a bite to eat and maybe a little bit of a boogie at the same time. Mm. I love that because i love doing that as well we all do right we, yeah and kind of sydney's lacking places where you can actually eat and then stay mm. you know what i mean agree yeah and, agree, agree. you know if you can do that then you're capitalizing on the person yeah you know why allow them or give them a reason to leave yeah so we're looking at kind of potentially creating something where you can have 
something to eat and a bit of a boogie. And then, yeah, there's obviously always opportunities that we're exploring in the eastern suburbs and in the city. But for me, uh, we're not short of opportunity. It's being able to choose the right one mm. that's going to feel, feel the best and just make the most sense. Yeah. Would you ever do anything outside of food ever again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I was involved in a, in a marketing company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I that's find right. that very intriguing. Um, but you guys are doing an amazing job. <laughs> I understand exactly what goes into running a marketing agency and you guys are doing amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, Childcare has been a very um, big industry that I've looked at for a very, very mm-hmm. long time. Yeah, I think it's a great industry. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been extremely interested in childcare. Uh, still have a lot of love and um, a, a lot of love and connection to construction development. Mm-hmm. So I feel um, something's going to pop off other than my social content stuff and whatnot. I think in terms of childcare and development and hospitality, I think that's where I'm kind of heading towards if it's anything got to do with bricks and mortar not that's online cool. yeah not online yeah i would have never guessed that yeah that's well cool. there's not going to be a shortage of babies that's true there's always going to be you know kids being born and they <laughs> need childcare. and sydney is growing and it's also government funded yeah that's true um, and i'm very passionate because i love education i love mentoring i love children yeah. truly and if i can bring my love for children and my you know understand and uh if i can live my if i can bring my love for children and my knowledge and understand of understanding of business mm. um and marketing to childcare to that industry then um i think it should do very well and something that i'm passionate about no, I and i have that. a lot of respect for as well yeah i don't know if i can hang around with kids for 10 hours straight oh honestly respect to anyone who works in in childcare yeah. or even like teachers like absolutely yeah insane are you do you have any like younger siblings you said you're the oldest right i'm the oldest yeah. i've got a, a younger brother yes yeah. he's younger and a younger sister and they're both married with children Aww. so they're all beautiful children it's two girls and two boys Aww. um so, so yeah uncle I've, dad uncle dad i'm the favorite <laughs> uncle of course <laughs> um yeah they're fun they keep me busy um i've would learned you, a lot about children through them i was gonna say yeah would, would that be like where like your mentoring skills have come from from like your siblings and also your like nieces and nephews um yeah i've also kind of got my own approach into how i would like to raise my family and mm-hmm. my kids and how and i've been around a lot of children a lot of families and understanding also psychology because mm. um, I read a lot regarding, you know, psychology, behavior patterns, um, especially, you know, from the, when they're kids all the way to adult. Mm. Um, there's just certain styles um, that I would like to kind of maybe implement rather than not. And you see that. There's from, so many studies, hey, like out there. There's a lot of studies, you know. Yeah. Children, children are... How can I say, what do I say? Children are smarter than you think. Mm. They absorb so much yeah. knowledge. You know, they're sponges and they absorb so much from their surroundings and a lot of, I would say, habits and who you are and mm. trauma comes from when you're a young young child. Mm. So having that knowledge and that understanding is why uh, I think I'll, you know, want to give it my best shot at mm potentially having my own family one day 
family must be really important to you. Like that family value must be very important to you. Must have been instilled from you from when you were young though, right? Like did you have that strong family network growing up? Um, not as many as other people because we only had like one uncle who had children and they were a little bit um, older than older. us. Mm. So we, I didn't grow up with a ton of cousins. Mm. Uh, they were all overseas, which I did get to spend a lot of time with when I did go to that's Lebanon, good. which was quite beautiful. Yeah. And I, that's when I got that sense of family and connection. But in terms of my immediate family, yeah, mm. I would say uh, we're close. We're very hospitable as well. Yeah. We've got you know friends that have become family which is quite special. That's good. So, um, you know, growing up in a household that was, you know, super hospitable and caring and uh, generous, I think that's where a lot of my hospitality skills came from as well. Yeah, hey, they would have. Mm. Were they, like, were your family quite supportive with all of your business ventures? Uh, yes, you know, parents will always be parents. Yeah. You know, parents will always never understand what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, always think you're doing something wrong. <laughs> uh, always think you can do something better, mm. right? But they're not meant to understand. Mm. And the quicker you figure out that your parents aren't meant to fully understand what you're doing mm. and that you don't need their validation mm. is the quicker then you can just keep going on your own path. Mm. But in saying that, they're always very supportive and they always come from the right place. Yeah. But yeah, you just got to go, yes, mum, yes, dad, <laughs> and take it with a grain of salt. Like mum will still come in um, to misc you know, do her thing. It's yeah. like a secret shopper and then write me a full detailed report in WhatsApp. No way. And I'm like, mom, can you not send it to me now? Like I'm in service or send it to me after. Right. Oh like, God. and they do it cause they care or, yeah. you know, say I'm having a Sunday morning off and dad calls me and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm training. I'm at the beach. He's like, why are you at the restaurant? I'm like, <laughs> cause I'm having a morning off, but it's busy. You should be there. You need to be there. So, yeah. you know, God bless them. They, they care, at least they care, they nice. ask questions, they get involved. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I feel like um, maybe a lot of people wouldn't have had the opportunity to know what it feels like for your family to actually be supportive or care, even though if you feel like it's being annoying, but mm. yeah. No, that's that's really cute that your mum even like <laughs> writes you a whole list. Oh, it's a full detailed report. <laughs> no, um... Yeah, do you implement any of her of her requests and her reviews? Of course, of course, always. I take feedback very seriously. Um, that's one being that's been part of um, my growth journey. That's mm. been actually, I would say, that's been the secret weapon to how I've been growing as a person and in my business is through feedback and constructive criticism. I'm extremely extremely open to it. Yeah, but in the same context, I don't. I know who to kind of listen to and what to listen to. Yeah. Uh, I know how to filter. I'll listen to everyone, yeah. but I'll know how to filter and apply it to myself where need be yeah. in my own self and in my business, um, in my businesses. No, that's good. Yeah. But I, I love how involved she is. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes cute. maybe too much. Too but much. Does she like ever get in the kitchen and or anything? No, no, no. None of that. That's you won't let her back there? Never, never. <laughs> oh, for me, them seeing them there, enjoying yeah. themselves, bringing their family, bringing their friends there yeah. is, is, is enough for me. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all I ex no. not expect, but that's, that's enough. That's all yeah. I want. Now, you're, you sound like a very busy man. What do you do outside of work for fun? 
I'm on a TV show called Gogglebox. Yes, people might uh, have recognized you from there. Yeah, so I'll do that, which keeps me quite busy and is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, how does that work? Like, is that a weekly thing? Like, how does... Uh, so it's on... There's two seasons a year. It's three months of shooting per season, so six months a year. So half the year I'm filming. Yeah, right. Three on, three off, three on, three off. Yeah, right. Usually. Um, yeah, we just get to Maddie and Sarah's house. We'll mm-hmm. do our thing. we we'll talk shit on the couch. We'll have a laugh. Very similar to what we're doing now. Yeah, right but now. just in case I'm, you know, just the only thing different is I'm watching TV and commenting yeah. and reacting, mm. which is obviously a, been quite popular now, mm. which I've been doing for the last, you know, reacting really? now and commenting has been a big thing on social media, yeah. especially on TikTok. And yeah. I'm like, I've been doing this for five years. This is wild. <laughs> this is actually a thing that people enjoy. And yeah. it does because, you know, Gogglebox is the number one entertainment program. Yeah. Um, so it's been doing really well. But what do I do in my spare time of the little time that I have? Yeah. Very I little. focus on myself. I'm very big into my own routine. My, you know, I wouldn't say in particular mental health. I am very big on mental health. But mm. I, I focus on myself. You know, I train four or five days a week. Mm. I go for walks all the time. I swim. I hit the infrared sauna two, three times a week. I do yoga. Um, you know, I, I fast. Mm. I go out for dinners. I do stuff that's going to bring me enjoyment but also add value to my life. Yeah. You know, nothing against people that watch TV shows. Maybe I need to start watching TV <laughs> shows because I actually don't. Like, I, I actually crave laying down and watching a series but i just prefer to do things in my spare time that are going to add 80 percent of my spare time i would say is adding value is things i'm doing that are adding value to my life yeah right um no that's cool yeah like you know self-development self-development growth growth, you know whether i'm networking or going to an event Mm. or learning something or or you're researching something or Or improving my physical and mental health. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. You're always you're always on the go. Like <laughs> not as much as before. I can be on the go a lot, but I'm also super relaxed and calm. That's cool. And I think that's the trick, you know, when mm. you master being calm and relaxed, yeah. But being busy at the same time and efficient, mm. that's when you've hit like a whole new superpower. Mm. Because people most people that are usually busy are frantic they're yeah. all over the place very scattered they're, they're scattered they're drinking tons of coffee they're never present yeah. yeah 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 but if you can get to a point in your life where you're busy but you're calm mm. and you're poised and you're present and you're relaxed i think that's like the optimal level to be running on mm. and i've taken steps in my life to be able to get to that mm. and to maintain that for the rest of my life and that's what i value that's awesome yeah. yeah, I think that's important, hey? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. If you could give young Jad some, some advice, what would it be? Fuck hell. <laughs> if I could give younger Jad some advice, what would it be? Some life advice. Um, I don't know. I'm, it's a really good question. I'm trying to think. Don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks. Do you? I like that. Do you? Yeah. Do you? You know, we're conditioned to grow up 
you know, whether it's in our culture or mm. where we live to act a certain way, be a certain way, think a certain way, mm. right? By who? Who mm. gives a fuck? Just do what you want to do, be what you want to do. As long as you're not hurting yourself, yeah, right, or your family, yeah, then do what's going to make you happy and just maintain that and have that chain of thought because what's right for you or might not be right for other people. Exactly. And what's right for other people might not be right for you. Yeah. So just do you. Yeah, I love that. Mm. I think a little Jad would love that advice. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, like your life has been so interesting, like I personally think. From oh, yeah, I've done a fair few things. I've travelled <laughs> a lot. I've been a- across many industries. I've got to meet a lot of people. Mm. Uh, I feel those if I don't study my form of education mm. comes from meeting people. That's my that's my education. People yeah. say, "How do you learn?" I go, "I learn through people." Yeah, there are like there are different methods of learning, different ways of learning, and I think that's a really good way to learn. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. My method of learning and the way I've been able to educate myself is through people, meeting yeah. people, asking questions, understanding what they're about, yeah. what they like, what they don't like, where they go, what they do in their spare time where they eat, how do they travel, what they wear, you know, what their problems are in their life, what mm. do they value. All this knowledge is like a, I would say like a CRM system or, mm. or, 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 you know, a cloud, data cloud that I've got in my brain yeah. that I kind of tap into when I need to do something yeah. or learn about something or implement something in my business or in my, in my life because I've got this abundance of knowledge Mm. and you know it helps me kind of make decisions or make the right decisions or being able to implement this knowledge and you know in supporting my businesses or relationships yeah what what's like a common or what have you found that is like a common feature or a common thing that like successful people do that you've taken and you've implemented um depends what you define as success for me like what do you define as success for me i what do I define as success? Mm. I define success uh, as a measure of your happiness. Mm. That's for me success. Uh, success doesn't have to be owning a yacht or a boat or businesses mm. or being the richest person in the room. For me, success is being able to do the things that you love with the people that you love every single day, right? And being able to do it with so much happiness. Yeah. And if that means raising a family, if that means, you know, becoming a priest if that means uh you know becoming a nurse mm. if that means becoming a monk that means you know becoming a car salesman or whatever it is then that's successful if you can be able to do the thing you love with people you love six you know well mm. with all your heart and be a good person that for me is success yeah and there's different stages of success yeah right i agree um, you know, for me, someone asked me that question today, actually, you know, what do you feel like, six, you know, being successful is for you? And I said, and I said, what I feel like right now being successful would mean to me is being able to start a family, raise a family and do the things that I love with my family and give my family the opportunity to do these certain things. And that means having good schooling, mm-hmm. being able to introduce them to, you know, a good lifestyle in terms of swimming, you know, walking health eating good food being able to travel 
you know, being able to do the things that I've got access to right now, but extending that to my family. Yeah. And I think that's success. Um, it's not necessarily about, you know, being the richest person. Yeah. No, I love that. Mm. I can't wait for you to have a family now. <laughs> yeah, you, might, you might want to have to look after them. <laughs> I'll babysit them for you. Yeah, for sure. I think you'd be good at that. Oh, thanks, Chad. <laughs> How many kids would you have? Like, I don't know. Whatever God brings me, yeah? I'm happy with. Two, three, who knows, maybe four. Wow, uh, big family. Yeah, two, three, who knows, like whatever, you know. Are you excited or scared? Like I personally would be scared. You're looking uh, after a whole other life. I, th- I haven't really given it so much thought, mm. but I think like anything, it's, ex- it's, it's scary, but it would be exciting. Uh, from the people that I know that have got children, they say it's the best thing that's happened to you. Oh. So... No, I love that. We'll see. Maybe one day. One day. Okay. I'll be waiting. <laughs> Drop them off from my house. I'll look after them for you. <laughs> um, so in terms of then, yeah. So who do you sort of look up to and grab that sort of inspiration from then? Like any any key businessmen that you sort of look up to to help run your businesses, etc. I never knew the I never knew what the word mentor meant mm. till like three, four, maybe five years ago. Like I was like, what? Like a mentor? What's really? a, what's a, yeah, I never I never grew up with anyone kind of guiding me or helping me other than maybe my, my parents or by me asking certain questions because I, yeah. I never really knew anyone or had friends in the industry. Right. Um, but there have been some key people along the way, you know, that have helped me or have given me the love and knowledge mm. or the support. And, you know, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily come from people that are just in business. Mm. Um, it comes from, you know, all sorts of different kind of people. It can be come from someone that's super successful or someone that's, you know, um, very emotionally intelligent or someone that's just supportive. I feel like there's mentors in your life or instead of using the word mentor, I would say key supportive people in your life that will get you to where you need to get to and fill in the gaps um, of where you're, where you need to be at. Yeah. Uh, So I've been quite, quite blessed to have some people around me and I've also given back in my, in my own way of mentoring people myself, funny Mm. enough. Um, But yeah, I would say I don't really read books. I don't really, honestly, I'm not going to lie and be one of these guys that comes out and says, yeah, I listen to podcasts and I read books and I listen to this guy and this book changed my life and this podcast in my I would love to be that person. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I'm dying to be that person that can read a book or can listen to an audio book or can listen to a podcast, but I just don't. Yeah. And I want to because I feel like there is a lot of merit in doing that. I think you, you, you would learn a lot. Have I gotten around to it? Not as much. Yeah. I've, you know, I'll, I'll do it once a blue moon if I'm lucky. Mm. But um, Teach there, aren't they? Yeah, I've yeah. just kind of had to learn through my own way. Yeah. Uh, if I come across something or I hear about something or I look into something. No, um, I love that. Like you explore your own, like you, you grab knowledge by exploring on your own and that not necessarily being through books and and 
like podcasts and stuff you you do it through like talking to people and experiences and i think that's cool absolutely because as well like one thing is there's one thing listening to a podcast Mm. there's nothing listening to an audio book and there's nothing reading a book right Mm. i get it but how well can you retain that information that you've actually read or listened to yeah now that's the most important thing you're spending hours listening or reading something but do you ever remember anything that you've read or, or heard? Right. And that for me is the most important part. It's not mm. necessarily about uh, quantity. Mm. It's about the quality and being able to retain the key important factors or lessons that you've you know, read or learnt about mm. or uh, um, heard and then implementing them. Mm. You know, the grabs. So I was going to say, do you think people fall short in sort of executing and implementing? Hundred percent. You know, everyone's got a sorry. A hundred percent. I think a lot of people have good ideas, mm. uh, but do they have the courage or the self confidence mm. to be able to execute? Maybe not. Uh, for me, you know, I've invested in a few things, and I always say, I'm not investing in the business. I'm investing in you because mm. I believe in you. Because I've seen what you can do. I know what you're capable of, and I know your potential. And the same concept goes within when I'm hiring staff. Half the staff that we've got at MISC um, don't have a hospitality background. And I'm actually a big advocate for now hiring people with no hospitality background. Because I feel like if you've got the right attitude, Mm. you can be taught. Yeah. And the same same thing applies in business. You know, a lot of these people... Up, you know are amazing people mm. but just need that kind of push or that you know to to build up their courage and the self-confidence to be able to take that leap because business is a scary thing there are sleepless nights there is a big there are big risks it's not what everyone perceives it to be online on on social and be your own boss and travel the world yeah. and i'm a boss this and i'm a boss that it's it's, real, hard. it's hard it's real life shit like you, yeah. you you know you got to eat shit you know to be to be fair yeah. and you have to make so many sacrifices mm. and you know people don't promote that people only promote the wins and the yeah. success so but without the the losses without the losses so there are, yeah is there I, any ever true wins without the losses like, absolutely yeah. i think losses create great lessons Mm. losses create great lessons and you know you need to learn from these lessons in order to be able to win yeah um so yeah to answer the question i feel like there's a lot of stuff that you can read or, or or listen but it's about applying them to your life Mm. and actually actively applying them and i feel like the key to being successful or the key to be able to doing the thing that you love is you have to be persistent. Yeah. You can't give up. Yeah. And you've, you've got to just keep trying and you've got to keep trying in different ways and you've got to learn about, you've got to wear many hats. Mm. You've got to be the salesperson. You've got to be the marketer. Yeah. You know, you've got to do the HR. You've got to do it all. So once you start to learn about, you know, all the different things that you're lacking, mm especially in a startup because you can't afford to hire people. Um, I think once you educate yourself on what you're lacking within your own skill set, that's when you'll be able to apply them and, and really accelerate. Mm. Have you ever invested in anything that you regret? I don't want to say regret, but like any sort of like... Yeah. Yeah, like bad investments. Crypto. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Fucking crypto. I think everyone sort of regrets crypto. Uh, crypto was one bad one. Oh, look. It, but you learned from it. But I learned from that. Yeah. And to be fair, it was the, it has been the only, I wouldn't even call it a business decision, but yeah. the only transaction that I've ever lost. Really? Yeah, ever. That's a good track record. Yeah. That I've lost that. Like, okay. <laughs> and truly lost that. People think they've made money. I guarantee you 95% of people that have actually paid tax. Mm on their gains or mm. did it the right way, have not made money in crypto. It's a very small minority. But what also crypto taught me was in life, nothing comes easy. Yeah. And it also taught me that, how do I explain it? It also taught me that you need to apply yourself and give focus to something in order for something to be successful. Now, if I applied myself 24 hours a day, right or 18 hours a day, 20 hours a day to crypto, I would smash it. Because yeah. when I did have the time, I actually did well. That's good. And it was good. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like you need the time for anything that you want to, you know, for anything that you want to become successful at, you yeah. need to apply time. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. That's I think fair. that's a really good, good advice. Like, yeah. of course, you definitely need to apply time. But I mean... We can count that one off as a bad investment and call it that. Yeah, look, would I have I still got crypto? I've still got it like a, obviously, you know, a ton of crypto. Yeah. Uh, I've just left it there. It's doing what it's doing. Would it pop off? I'm not really relying on it. If there's definitely been some lessons in it. Mm. Um, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. But it actually, uh, investing in crypto actually taught me a lot about human behavior and psychology. Really? In terms of people's behavior patterns and uh, how they see things in the world. Yes, it actually taught me a lot about marketing. Wait, how? Because people buy into what if or it could. Uh, people buy into FOMO. I see. Right? I get what you're and saying, yeah. being part of crypto and NFT and when I was really deep involved in it, mm. it I you know, in all the Discord channels mm. and you know, on, on Reddit and every channel, Telegram, whatever, I was always and um, monitoring people's reactions, their behavior patterns, what they were saying, how they were reacting to different things and you know, it was crypto is 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 marketing. Yeah. It's how well you can market the coin, yeah. right? Uh, and, and at what point you can get into the coin, which is going to determine your success, yeah. right? And I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about stable coins or I'm not talking about your, you know, your main coins, your mm. blue chip kind of coins. I'm talking about all, all the other ones yeah, and even ones. NFTs. I did quite well in NFTs, but I also have lost there as well. Yeah. And that's all about marketing. Mm. So there was a lot of marketing lessons that I took from that, and that's you know how to build up a campaign. Yep. Um, from start to finish, full circle, holistic of how to sell something. Um, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Um, just from the idea to who you get on board, to the type of content you release, mm. to when you release it, mm. to how you validate your idea, mm. to how to get people to buy into it, how to people get people to be advocates of your ID or your business or your coin or whatever. Yeah. And then for them to do your marketing for you. Yeah. And then for you to then kind of then launch and then be able to accelerate. Yeah. So being a part of that, yeah. that industry really opened up my eye to a whole nother level of marketing. That's insane that that's like the lesson that you, you saw from it. That's cool. Like I don't think anyone else 
like would have gotten that from investing in crypto i think that's awesome well you, there's always a silver lining like yeah. i can sit here and beat myself up and say i lost a ton of money and i'm stupid but I, why would you do that when okay you have but okay what can you take, what out, can of you it? take out of it all love right that. what I did i learn that. what did i feel what did i absorb and it's only when you have time to put yourself in a positive state mm. of, of how you think and go okay, let's reflect on my journey in crypto or whatever mm. and be like, all right, what have I actually learned from it? I was exposed to a whole level of, you know, methods of selling or marketing mm. through different avenues online. Yeah. And now I know how to do that. Yeah. And I always kind of did know, but I was just exposed at a, at a higher level. Yeah. So if I ever need to play in that field or, you know, hit up e-com or whatever it is, I, will, I have the knowledge now. Oh, that is awesome. Mm. I love that. Expensive lesson, but <laughs> it's a lesson. Worth it? <laughs> it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Life is a lesson in itself. That's true. Never, You never stop learning in life. Absolutely. I think that's always, like, that's a good characteristic to have. Like, always be hungry for that knowledge. I think that's cool. Knowledge is power. Yeah, agree. So you got to always be able to be hungry for it because mm. you need to keep eating to grow. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Can I steal that? Take it. I just made it up. Oh, I love it. There you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you thank Jen. you. Thank you for making me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I hope we've unlocked a few stories. And thank you to obviously White Key oh, thank you. for hosting me. Nah. Thank you. Thank you for making the trip. I know it's fine. Always. Nah, it's fine. It's a stone throw. Nah. <laughs> I'll come back to Misk. <laughs> Done. I'm a regular now. I feel like Perfect. your staff know my face. I love that. We'll have a shot together. <laughs> All right. You got a signature melancholo. Oh. I tried that the other day. That go. was delicious. There also, highly recommend. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right. Jen. Thank you. Thank you for your time.